everybody, this is Astrologer DK Brainerd, and you're listening to the Stars for the People Astrology Podcast for the week of July 26th, 2010. Well, we got a great, whatever you call this thing, coming up for you. I appreciate the feedback. Keeps me going (laughs) on nights like this. Where I'm beating myself up for being lazy, but I'm still showing up here at the office doing the work. Um, you know, if you're tired of Saturn, hearing about Saturn, I know I've been talking about Saturn a lot. But I want to talk to you a little bit more about Saturn today. Mars moves into Libra on Thursday. Mars in Libra... You know, it's considered to be a bad placement for Mars, but um, Mars in Libra is the social justice crusader aspect. I'm the proud son of an Aries mom who has Mars in Libra, and she, you know, has been out punishing the evildoers for many years, and we need, you know, we need Mars in Libra, so... Just because it's in his opposite sign doesn't mean it's all bad. I also want to talk to you about the Saturn-Uranus opposition that's happening exact on Monday, July 26th. But, you know, we've been under this energy. I mean, at this point, Mars-Uranus or Saturn-Uranus, it's like, hey, man, you know, tell me something I can't handle. The one thing that makes this interesting is that Saturn and Uranus um, have been opposing each other for the last couple of years, but they this has just shifted into the cardinal signs. So it's happening right on the world horoscope. Um, you got Jupiter and Pluto also involved. Jupiter conjunct Uranus and Aries. Jupiter just went retrograde last week. And, of course, old Pluto and Capricorn. That You know, if you've been with me for any period of time at all, you know all about what that means. Um, This massive, what I call the great transition that we're going through. So, Mars and Libra, you know, basically what this is setting up, what's setting up this week is what astrologers have been talking about for years now, calling the Cardinal Climax. You always got to have some kind of fancy name for these things, otherwise people won't remember them. Although it's like my Taurus friend Lupo, who, uh, who says... You know, we need to eat whenever we're going and doing something. Otherwise, I won't remember this. That's an inside joke for Tauruses and those of you who love them. But, um, you know, the Cardinal Climax, I mean, it kind of sounds like some kind of weird uh, Catholic sexual act. But it is, it's pretty intense astrology. you got the major outer planet players involved, um, except for Fuzzy Neptune, who's off doing his thing and in the end of Aquarius, beguiling us all with reality television. Um, you got Saturn, you've got Uranus, so, and then you've got Pluto. So Pluto is the dark, deep evolutionary forces of the soul. Not dark as in bad, but dark as in the deeper parts of us that we often don't recognize in our hurry to uh, accomplish our egoic goals. Saturn is rules, structure, authority. Um, it's the way of the four square way of doing things, the tried and true, you know, doing it like we always have. It's conservatism. And then Uranus is 
The opposite of Saturn, Uranus is progressive, revolutionary, shocking, out-of-the-box, experimental. Um, so when Saturn and Uranus square off, we've got this square off between doing our duty and then, you know, this impulse to do things in what may be a better way to try what hasn't been tried before. And one thing I, I think that this is interesting is that the United States is an Aquarius moon and Saturn and Uranus are the two rulers of the sign of Aquarius. So Saturn's the traditional sign ruler of Aquarius and Uranus, when Uranus was discovered um, in the 1700s, it was given, you know, astrologers um, gave it the modern ruler rulership of Aquarius. So the moon is our emotion. So, and for all of those of you who are listening from other countries, you know, it's always good to, I know I talk from a, a Yankee-centric kind of point of view, but you may find this interesting because it's always good to know what those Americans are up to. You never know, you never know what they're going to do next. And uh, they're a little bit volatile right now. You know, they're a little on the edge because their way of life is changing and they can see the writing on the wall. And so for Americans, you know, our moon, national moon, is how we feel about things, right? It's the people, and it's our emotions as a, as a people. And so when we have Saturn and Uranus opposing each other, we've got this meeting of the minds or this tug of war or this battle of ideologies, you know, conservative versus progressive. And I'm not talking about Republicans and Democrats who are basically, you know, for the most part, um, at least as far as the politicians go, the same animal. Um, we're talking about ways of looking at the world and ways of doing things. And you know, I've been talking and writing and videoing and everything so much about Saturn, and I've, I've got a, a new video up on the site and another new video that should be following shortly on Saturn. So if you're following along in the video adventures, please tune in. We're going to be talking about Saturn and the archetype of authority. And, you know, it just occurred to me, not that it hasn't occurred to me before, but I went to the lake today and um, Jenny and the baby went to visit her mom and, you know, I had all this, I've been just working furiously for the last couple of days on this new project I'm about to announce any day now any week now, um, and I just, you know, working for hours in a row, writing like a maniac, loving it, love the creativity, but today I was just a little burned out, and I just, uh, you know, it's been raining for a couple days, the sun came out, felt like I needed to get some exercise, so I walked a mile down to the lake, went for my little swim, it was beautiful, I feel so fortunate to, uh, be able to swim in clean, nice water and have the sunshine and, you know, the kids were laughing and playing and the trees, the cottonwood, big old cottonwood trees and some willow trees. Sun was kind of going down over the water, you know, shimmering on the water. Family of ducks trooping down the beach and waddling down and popping in the water. I love ducks. Anyway, it was a great time, you know, and I came back, and uh, that was a lot of exercise for me at this stage of uh, new fatherhood again. 
I was kind of tired, and I probably ate too much dinner, and um, then I was even more tired, and I came down to my office here, and I was like, uh, I need to write some horoscopes, but I also need to do the podcast, and I need to work on the videos, and I don't really feel like doing anything, so I just have this wonderful new tool, this new Mac laptop that I've had for a month or two now, and I want to thank uh, I want to thank my buddy Jeff Lupo who keeps coming up for for helping to hook me up with the technology and and help me take that leap. Um. Anyway, um, so I'm working. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, what would you know motivate me here? What would get me going? And I'm like, well, for this project I'm working on, it's going to be very multimedia intensive. I need to, you know, figure out the new recording software. And I've used bunches of computer recording software, so sooner or later I'm going to, you know, intuitively sort of figure out what's going on. But I ended up getting sucked in and, like, creating what seems like a really just fun, little cool kind of loop thing in garage. This is my new little creation. Sunday and you're playing around on the garage band. What is this? This won't do. And I'm like, come on, judge. You know, I've been working hard. Isn't the problem the problem isn't that I'm not working hard enough. The problem is that I don't know how to relax and just enjoy myself. You know? I mean, it takes so much to over and I think this is Because I'm thinking about, you know, we've got this new moon in Aquarius on Sunday, so you're probably listening to this right after the the full moon on Sunday night in Aquarius. And, you know, Aquarius is the sign of of the ideal society, and and moon in Aquarius is kind of tuning us into that emotionally. Like, what would society look like if it was really functioning the way we know it could, you know, where it was a, a great place for everybody, and everybody had a place. And we were set up and we were brothers, you know, and sisters. And we're sharing and we're um, we're helping each other and encouraging each other. And we're being progressive and finding better ways of getting things done. You know, and it, I was like, thinking about, like, how hard it is for me to do good things for myself. And it, it's much easier than it used to. You know, the only way I could take care of myself in the old days when I was in the back in the dark years when I was in corporate jobs that I, you know, horrible corporate environments where everybody's 
living out their emotional dramas and at the cube farm the only way I could do good things for myself I had to get loaded I had to bypass my you know the the inner judge I had to just obliterate him in order to be able to to do things for myself I felt so guilty playing and you know and I think so many of us um to one degree or another are programmed into that mindset and definitely you know it seems to be worse in the USA we've got this Protestant work ethic kind of background and you know we're just so proud of doing 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 and and you know so I definitely I've come a long way since the old days because now it's a sunny day I'm going to the beach you know I'm going to go swimming I'm going to do something good for myself, exercise, even if I have those deadlines. And, but the, you know, then there's still this process of beating myself up or listening to this inner critical voice, blah, 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 over and over. And I'm like, it's over. I already went. Can't stop me now, you know. But you can go ahead and talk about it and try to make me feel bad. And sometimes I'm going to, my stomach's going to seize up or tense up and I'm going to feel bad about it. Okay, you got me. But, you know, that's just the voice of the parasite that we're all dealing with. And and I've been reading these wonderful books by Samuel Thayer, um, Nature's Garden and The Forager's Harvest, I think, are the two I'm reading. You know, and it's just this mind-blowing experience. I've been just reading these most awesome plant books lately. So thanks to Jim McDonald and Saskia Saskia's Flower Essences over in the UK. Look that up. Great site. Um, great, great essences, and um, Jim McDonald, my herbalism teacher, and the people, the ladies in my herbal class as well, Chris Hagee especially, have been turning me on to these awesome books, you know, and and Thayer, he he presents this view of life or the world as this garden full of great foods for us to eat, you know, and he talks a, at length about how programmed we are to fear wild food, you know, and to think, oh, it's going to be poisonous. And there are poisonous plants out there, you know, so it's important to know what you're eating. But, um, you know, I remember reading something this week where he said that the beautiful landscapes that the European settlers and immigrants saw when they came to the west of the United States, like Yosemite area, for example, were actually these managed um, lands that the Native Americans had managed for thousands of years because that's where they got their food. They foraged for food. And, you know, he talks about how in any kind of um, scenario in world history where there's been this, in quotes, civilized invading force, you know, that's come upon a hunter-gatherer people, they always apply these stereotypes of the hunter-gatherers are lazy, stupid, decadent etc etc and it's because you know it's like a way of the ego justifying itself for being in its Saturn dominated rules dominated uh, four square linear psychological time way of looking at the world and you know the ego so we, when we're trapped in the ego, we resent people that aren't doing enough. We resent people that aren't making themselves suffer by scurrying madly about, you know, to 
manufacture and borrow and uh, maintain and do all of this stuff. And I really feel like one of the big fear demons or fear monkeys that we're going to have to get through in the next 10 or 15 years is the fear of not doing something. You know, we don't need to work 40 hours a week. I mean, that's obvious if you look around. You know, if you, even if you just look at unemployment, there's plenty of food in the world. You know, it's just we're, we're afraid of ourselves. And so as a society, institutionally, we have all of this busy work. I mean, school, you know, I'm sorry, but I could have learned everything I learned academically in 12 years of school um, in you know, grade school, high school, in what, maybe a 16th of the time, a 20th of the time, you know, school is prison for children, especially boys. Um, the corporate job, you know, corporate world, I mean, how many jobs did I have where I actually did anything for me more than four hours a week? I mean, going to meetings, listening to people endlessly discuss the same things over and over. I remember getting a job at at the Coca-Cola company back around the turn of the last millennium. And I was so proud, you know, at the time. I was like, well, finally my family will think well of me. You know, I've made it. This is the top of the top. And it was, you know, it was an exciting job. I was a multimedia training editor, had a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, there, there was room for some innovation or, or should have been. Um, what I found out, and I remember this guy, um, this guy who, you know, became a friend of mine later coming up to me my first week on the job and just kind of taking me aside and saying, you know, you shouldn't try to work too hard. First of all, it's kind of showing up everybody else on the floor. And second of all, they don't really like it when you work too hard. And you know, I just want to tell you, I know that might sound weird to you, but I want to tell you because I don't want you to have to find out the hard way. Well, I was like, man, you know, look at this lazy bum. I'm here to work. I'm here to make a name for myself. I'm here to, you know, and plus I got to be here 40 hours a week. I might as well be doing something. So I did. I, I, I busted my ass. You know, I was like proactive. Um, I came up with all these new ideas. I was trying to find ways to get things done better, faster, cheaper. And I was routinely busted for it, you know. And so I finally, and, and it's funny, I was always in trouble with my managers at, at Coca-Cola until like the last three months I was there when I got so fed up and I just decided, you know, I'm going to spend, I know I'm going to quit in three months. So I'm going to spend the last three months surfing the internet and doing some professional development bettering my web design skills those last three months when the managers would come up to me and be like we need this done right away this is an urgent deadline i'd say okay okay hand it to me here we go i'm on it and then i just wouldn't do it and they'd come back to me at the deadline did you get that done yet oh oh i somebody else i uh okay well it's it's urgent get it to me by tomorrow then come back tomorrow oh i'm i'm almost yeah and then they'd just forget about it or just go away or I'd just hand in some piece of trash and they'd take it and I don't know what they did with it. But when I started surfing the internet and just goofing, all of a sudden my performance reviews went through the roof. And I just remember, that's a long way of saying that, I remember being shocked at how little 
productive actually happened at one of the most famous, wealthiest, most successful corporations in the known history of the world. You know, and the fact is we don't have to do all the things that we do. We're just really afraid of of being who we are. And we've been programmed to be that way. So one of the challenges I feel like Saturn and Libra is bringing us, and, and all of this to kind of tie back into as Mars goes into Libra, Mars and Saturn getting together, the two bad guys of the Zodiac, nobody's real you know, favorite players getting together. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for there to be pressure and, and it's actually a highly productive kind of energy where we're probably going to want to work hard and get things done. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I like to work. I like, to, as long as it's creative, I love creating things. I love having a, a goal in mind and I love driving toward the goal and, and, you know, planning out my project and watching it change and getting new ideas and, and, the joy of learning and discovering and then finally creating it and releasing it, you know, and getting people's feedback and then learning how to make it better. I love all that stuff. So if you got something to do this week, it's a great week to do it because people are probably going to be a little bit tense. You know, there's this major sort of, um, one of the things that Mars Saturn can bring us is the ability to just concentrate at sort of insane levels of focus you know, um, so it's great for like, it's great for projects that require a lot of focus and, you know, maybe long hours and, and sort of being hardcore about it. But if you're not doing that, one of the challenges is probably going to be just relaxing. And, and the more I've thought about this whole Saturn Uranus thing and the whole, just, uh, where we're going as a world right now, I, I honestly think maybe the most important possible thing, you know, and you might be out here saying, duh, of course, what do you think meditation is about? But maybe just the most important possible thing we could do as people living at this particular juncture of time space is learn how to relax, you know? And, and I think that's who God is, is like God isn't maniacally fiendishly trying to meet deadlines you know, God is playing and saying, hey, what happens if I put these people down on this planet and let them have free will? Whoa, you know, might not do that again anytime soon, but okay, that's interesting. So now let's play with this. How can we give them some messages and some tools and some visions of the of the future that can help them extract themselves from the situation they've gotten themselves into? You know, and I don't see God saying like, um, I have to help them get out of this trouble they're in by December 21st, 2012, or I'm just going to have to pull the plug. It's all over, you know, which is what we would do. Um, yeah, so that was kind of a long ramble, you know, in a nutshell this week, there's a lot of opportunity for tension, but there's also a lot of opportunity to just focus and get things done. And at the same time, let's be more godlike. And that includes me, you know. Let's tell those judgmental voices in our head to go hack off and find someone else to bother. And um, and let's let's remember that we're playing a game here. And when we get real grim and serious and self-righteous about it, we're probably not playing the game very well. 
I hope this makes sense. And you know, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know what to tell you except I hope you enjoy tuning in and listening to me ramble. And um, I really wish you a blessed week. So until next week, this is astrologer DK Brainerd saying, come on over to wordsforthepeople.com. Check out some of the uh, updated content that's being updated, if not daily, semi-daily. Check out the new Saturn videos. Let me know what you think. Be good to yourself. Be good to the people that love you. And may you go with the stars. Best minds of my generation refuse to take their medication. Your electroshocks, your chemical pills, mm, ain't gonna cure what ails us. And I've seen the best minds of my generation washing windows at the service station. Guess of the be